All right, we are back. Episode number two. This is fun. Uh, we've had a fun week. Uh, it's been uh, a bit of a crazy week, uh, as they seem like they all are uh, this season. We've got a really fun, exciting guest for you guys today. Uh, really looking forward to that. Jay, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm a little hungry right in this exact moment, but otherwise I'm good. Uh, anything noteworthy from this last week for just for you? It seems like the Avs are still going up and down, mm -hmm. um, but I feel like they're getting closer to the playoffs, and I mean they're they're gonna make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So that's gonna be my first playoff. So that's gonna be very interesting for very, me to very looking forward to, to that. experience that and to yep. see how maybe how differently they're gonna play in something like a playoff mm -hmm. rather than a competition. Yeah, and uh, you actually just heard us talk about earlier NHL playoffs. For my money. Uh, are the best playoffs, uh, pro sports anywhere. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to you and to experience that. Uh, for the first time, lots of fun stuff to talk about. Lots of interesting, um, just lots of interesting stuff always going on. I'm a, um, been a fan of Alex Ovechkin since he came into the, the league. It's, it's upsetting for me that we are entering the, the point of their career where Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, uh, are winding it down because this is a it's a true sign of my age um, that these are all-time greats, all-time legends that I watched from the time they were rookies, they were drafted, uh, all the way through to now their their career is winding down. Uh, Alex Ovechkin has uh, picked up the pace here a bit, uh, up to 16 goals on the season, and that puts him 56 goals away from Wayne Gretzky's all-time record. There's been a down year for Alex Ovechkin, um, but I think 30 is still on the table for him. Uh, if he can get 14 more goals this season, he's got what you know just shy of 30 games to do it, 20-something games to do it. Uh, that puts him 42 away going into next year, and that is, I feel like, the first time he'd have to have a bounce back, obviously, uh, and he's only getting older, but that'll be the first time that I feel like we are going into a season uh, where you're on record watch. And I get, I get, I get people out there that don't like Ovechkin, uh, you know, all the, the geopolitical stuff that's going on right now that, that people don't, I, I get all of that. Um, you know, you don't have to be a fan of every player and you don't have to support every player, but uh, I do think it is fascinating and, and uh, I hope that I get to see a, a record like Wayne Gretzky's goal record fall because those are records that you always thought would be Untouchable. Have you looked into the? I think you and I did talk about Wayne Gretzky's production. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I think uh, I looked up so, or I saw some stat online about. I think it was um, Tom Brady, mm -hmm. uh, like how many MVP awards oh, yeah. he got and everything, yes. and then comparing that to Wayne Gretzky, and it's like it's not even close. Like there's nothing that comes close to him. N no player. Look. I argue with people about it's hard to argue eras, right? Because the way the game was played was so different. But like, you, you can argue. I do believe that you can argue best player as terms of most skilled, most talented player that's ever played hockey. Uh, no athlete in any sport I think will be as dominant uh, as Wayne Gretzky was. He was so far ahead of his peers, it was crazy, and that's why I think the fact that there's even the potential that Alex Ovechkin uh, can can 
make it to one of those records and we could see one of those records fall, uh, I just think that'd be an amazing sports history thing to see. So I'm hoping Ovechkin can finish out uh, hot this year. He's on a nice little tear here. Go into next year and give us something to kind of look forward to and see if he can do it. If, if not next year, you're, you're hard on record watch uh, two seasons from now. So uh, we'll see. It's been a tough year for him. It's easily been his, his worst offensive year, but he's, uh, he's rolling a bit. Um, we were just in DC, I believe two weeks ago now. Uh, first time in DC. It was fun being out there, uh, getting to see the sites. I was, I was big into house of cards, like seasons one through three. It started going downhill season four, season five, and then all the Kevin Spacey stuff happened and they kicked him off the show and they they should have just ended the show. They should have just not kept it going and it should have been like this, ah, that sucks. We're not, you know, the show's done now. But they tried to like, they, they like in a very lazy way wrote him off. Like he, like episode one, they're like, can you believe he died? Anyways. And they just kept the show moving and it was terrible. Um, but watching the first few seasons of that show really really got me interested in because the whole thing obviously takes place in dc um so i've always wanted to go see the site so that was awesome to get to do the city was really spread out so that kind of sucked and like um the washington monument and the u.s capitol are both on the national mall well the national mall is just a big open area so you stand in front of one you look at the other the massive structures you're like oh it's right there and it takes you like 20 minutes to walk there. Um, but so, you know, we were in D.C. as part of that long trip. And then I just actually came back from Detroit uh, the, over the, the weekend. Um, what an arena. I, I was actually thinking about you guys the whole time there because I was there by myself. Absolutely beautiful. It would have, it would have been an experience that you guys would have all liked. Uh, best media meal by a mile. Ooh. Best media meal by a mile. What did you eat? Dude, so they, they had, um, I'm not big on Indian food, but it was being made fresh right there. So I tried a couple things there. Um, they had, they, they had like a whole section that was just like kind of stadium food, chicken tenders, fries, hot dogs, hamburgers. They had, uh, pizza. Little Caesars is the primary sponsor of they're the naming rights sponsor. They're really big in Detroit. Uh, so they had pizza, they had a huge salad bar. Um, and then they just had kind of like, you know, a, a more like kind of traditional grilled chicken breast mashed. Like they had, it was the options that were amazing. It was the fact that, yeah, there, there was something for everyone, uh, whatever you liked, big, nice dessert spread. And it got me thinking my, the, the I, I, I'm, I've been to 28 arenas this season. I've been to 29 NHL re, arenas in total. 30 if you count the old Arizona Coyotes arena that they're not playing in anymore. Been very fortunate to get to see a couple games uh, overseas. I've been to a lot of rinks. The new Detroit arena might be the nicest one I've been to. Genuinely. Um, it, it was outstanding. They have a whole, uh, the, the whole, the concourse, like the main area where you walk, it has a frosted glass roof. So it feels kind of like you're outside. Uh, and then the whole exterior is like brick, and they kind of made it look in a certain portion. Like It's where the offices are for the team, and it's like balconies and greenery and stuff. Uh, a totally fresh feel. And I do I, I think it's between that and Seattle, 
for what I think are the nicest arenas in the league. And just kind of got me thinking. I've been very fortunate to see a lot. What are my top five NHL arenas that I've been to? Uh, so I got the two I just listed. Detroit, Seattle. Both new. Beautiful. They, they nailed it uh, on both of those. Uh, Vegas. Another newer one. And the Vegas has the best in-game experience. No doubt. They do it up like a Vegas show. Uh, it's great. Uh, Madison Square Garden. How can you not have Madison Square Garden? Uh, and then Montreal, old arena, Bell Center, um, but you could feel the history and the kind of the story, um, you know, of everything that's kind of played out there. You went to Seattle. You yeah. went to Seattle with me. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's just it's all state of the art. Yeah, it's just it's so crazy because it's it's built into the ground basically. Yes. Yeah. So you get into the stadium and you walk down instead of up. Right. And then, um, yeah, everything is just new. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been to Vegas, so I can't talk about that in-game experience. But I talked about the the, the Colorado Avalanche in-game experience, like the mm-hmm. pre-show and all that. That's fun. That's mm-hmm. fun. But it's, it's the same thing every time. It's like, eh, okay. And then you go to Seattle, and you just feel the rumbling yeah. in that whole stadium. Yeah, there's... Uh what I like about markets like Vegas and Seattle is they're still in that phase where they're having to win over a fan base and they're having to create new fans every day. So you have to have a good experience. You have to make people want to come back and I'm with you. You can feel the difference. Yeah. And, uh, so, so those are my arenas, but he, the other thing that I really have discovered this year, um, I like a nice shower in a hotel i i the hotel room itself the hotel whatever i i, I want an, a, a, a and, and really even it's a nice shower head there's a lot of these showers that I, or these a lot of these hotels that i'm going to low pressure and they have heat regulators on the 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 nozzle so it can only get like like, like warm and I hate that. That ruins the hotel experience. I do also like a nice walkable city. Even it being Detroit, um, it was very walkable where I was at. I get to the arena, get to all the sites. So um, those are some things I've kind of discovered about myself uh, as a traveler this year. It was also really weird. I, I There's not a lot of close hotels to the Detroit arena. So we actually stayed at um, the MGM Detroit, like the MGM Grand Detroit. Um and it was really weird because it felt very similar to the one in Vegas in terms of like aesthetics. But like the Wednesday night crowd at the MGM Grand Detroit is very different than the crowd at the MGM Grand in Vegas. And it was just this like really weird sensory, like my brain and my eyes are telling me Vegas. But then like as I take things in, it's very much not. So it was just uh, it was just kind of weird. Do, uh, do you travel a lot for, like, leisure, too? Because I'm curious how different uh-huh. it is to travel for work yeah. where you have a few hours where you're staying close to the to the stadium yep. or a vacation where you can rent a car, where you can just do See, more so, stuff. Okay, so my wife and I have a vacation, uh, small, you know, quick little vacation coming up soon, and this, this year has actually changed me. I, I like to be as walkable as possible. I don't want, I don't want to get in Ubers. And... Um, I haven't always been like that, but now this year with the travel that, that we've been doing, 
uh, and all, you know, what you were just saying, like, it's a little bit different. It has kind of jaded me on like, mm, if I can't walk there, I don't really want to do it. <laughs> I'll get an Uber if I have to, but, uh, I prefer if I can walk. Um, it's crazy on that trip in Detroit. We had someone, uh, in, in a, in the post game scrum ask, uh, avalanche head coach, Jerry Bednar, Hey, you guys only have 20, whatever, 25 games left. And it just it, like, it, it hit me in a weird way. Like, Holy smokes, we are in it. We're in the back half of this. Uh, we're, you know, we're barreling towards the end of the season. That means trade deadline is coming up. Um, this has been an interesting stretch here for the NHL and I'm going to say this and before we even get this posted there will be a big trade that happens um, but quiet on the trade fronts like not a lot of rumors not a lot of chatter there's some names out there but really it's a bunch of stuff that's kind of up in the air and it's just leading to a weird kind of a weird run up to the deadline I don't really know what to expect um, you know there's plenty of teams the Avs being one of them I'm expecting her to make moves but um just nobody really has. I think the flat cap in the NHL, you and I were just talking with um, Romy Bean, our guest coming up you know, uh, uh, earlier and, and saying it's maybe led to more parity than ever in the NHL this year. You have teams like Colorado, Edmonton, Tampa, Carolina, uh, Vegas, um, all benefiting from the fact that it seems like the flat cap has caught up a bit. Uh, nobody's really pulling away. It doesn't seem like there's any one team that it's like, this is the team to beat. They're going to load up. Um, and it's kind of led to this weird up and down product across the league. Um, I'm anxious to see how it plays out because th this feels unlike years past where there's chaos around this time of year. There's all kinds of guys being traded, all kinds of guys being moved. Uh, and it's just, it just hasn't been that way. So it's been a quiet run up. I keep getting questions, people, you know, writing in, Hey, what's going on? What are they going to do? Nothing. They're, they're, they're going to do something. You know, the abs are going to do something. The, the, the league is just quiet all around though. There's, there's not a lot of hot rumors out there. And again, I'm partially doing this because I know as soon as we're done editing this, a, a big trade will be made. So I'm helping, I'm helping the cause, but, uh, just been a quiet run up. And, and I think we're going to have a really interesting playoffs because uh, I don't think there's any one team that is clear, you know, the buzzsaw. Uh, you know, the Avs are going to be getting Val Nichushkin back here over the next week or two, uh, and I think that kind of gives them a different dynamic. I, I really don't know what to expect, but uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to the run-up here. How's that for you as a reporter when it's terrible. usually, yeah, there's so much stuff to talk about, so many things to cover. You're going to practice, you're interviewing the new player, you're interviewing the coach about the new player. Yep. None of that. Well, and it's it's not only that, but, like, we're not even getting, like, any rumor content out of it this year. You know, because you, you usually have pff, at least two weeks of, you know, real heavy, oh, this is what, you know, this team was tied to this guy. Ooh, they're looking into this dude. Uh, you know, whatever. It just, it's just kind of quiet. And then here, here's why it sucks. Here's why it's terrible. They'll all come in at once. <laughs> They'll all come in at once, and we'll kind of have this, you know, 48 hours of crazy news heavy, uh, and then it'll kind of go away. So I, I wish that they would um, be more courteous to us in the media and give us more to talk about in the weeks yeah. leading up. I'll tell my wife that I won't be home to di for dinner those days. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah they're a little crazy. I'm I'm, I'm also yeah I'm anxious for you to, uh, yeah you're kind of getting thrust into the, the crazy part of this this season. And it's always fun. Uh, what do you got for us this week? I want to talk about the PWHL. Love it. 
because we're halfway to season. Yep. So I just want to see from you what mm-hmm. you think about the league, how it's going. Yep. And um, <clears throat> there's two reasons why I want to talk about this. We're halfway to season, so we mm-hmm. can see a little bit how it's going. But two, they beat the biggest attendance for a women's hockey game. Yes, I saw that. For the third time yeah. in this little season already. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think... I think they've done a great job with what they needed to do in the first year. I think there was look, right, wrong, or indifferent. I think there was a massive education process um, that they were facing. You were having to show everybody we have a really high quality product that we can put on the ice that's been diluted in the past by these two leagues competing with each other by you know them them you know th- th- those two leagues kind of you know splitting everything in half it diluted the talent it, it it caused people to have to kind of pick which one do you want to support which one do you want to watch and i think the pwhl had a tall order this year of saying we have to show people that not only are we a unified league that we do have the best players and that we do have a quality product and I think there also was a little bit of like we need to show people that we can put butts in seats because, again, that, that was part of the issue with the lead up to this league was that because of the way it was split in the past, the attendance was never really anything to write home about. Um, and, and so I think it's been amazing that they've done exactly what they needed to do. At first, I didn't love that they were choosing to just go with PWHL and then city or state name. Um, But in talking with some folks on the PWHL side, I actually do think it ended up being the right thing to do because they said we didn't want to rush our branding. We didn't want to rush how we were going to market all of this. And, you know, again, we had this conversation earlier. I, I think that's better. Take the time to do it right. Again, they got a product on the ice, and they got all the players out there, and I think it's better for them to be out there in a jersey that just says Minnesota than to get it wrong with the team name or the colors or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I think the season has gone as, as good as they could have asked for the PWHL. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting to see that they, yeah, like you said, they had those competitive leagues mm-hmm. in the in the in the past and now it it looks like it's finally lining up yeah and with a lot of women's sports like i want women's sports to succeed it's very important mm-hmm. it's but very you important. see for example with uh previous indoor volleyball leagues indoor volleyball being the biggest sports among women in college mm-hmm. and an indoor league has never taken off professionally here or they have and then they had to disband again and the same kind of thing happened in hockey mm-hmm. and it feels like the 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 buzz is different this year yeah and that's because everyone is behind the same the same goal thing. this time yep and you you also see that with the attendance it's still going up it, yeah it, it it would have been very easy to see the first games being sold out easily mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then people are like okay i've seen some games yeah. cool yeah but it keeps it keeps going up yeah the fact like you said the fact they keep re-breaking the record and then look here is the other and you know i don't know if this was something that you were kind of alluding to there with the volleyball thing the this league will cause the talent level to rise i tell the story i'm not going to get into specifics 
Um, there was an NHL player that I talked with who, who had a, a sister that played in college, very good player, was, was considered one of the top players in the country. Um, and when we asked, we, you know, we were talking to him, said, hey, is she going to pursue pro? This was before the PWHL officially formed. And he said, no, she's just going to get her degree. She's going to try for one Olympic cycle, and if it doesn't, if she doesn't make the team, she's just going to, you know, pursue the career, you know, her degree career. And we were like, why? She's one of the top players in the country. Like, I'm sure there'd be pro teams falling all over to get her. And he was like, yeah, there's no money in it. There's no money. She, yeah. she, she can make five times the amount doing what she is getting her degree in. And, and again, that was under the old two-league system. Yeah, they, they would earn, earn like 10000 a year. Right. And, and so it's like, yeah, how can you expect to produce top talent? How, how can, You know, because the, the top players that were playing in those leagues had other gigs. Like, they had other jobs. They were ambassadors in other areas of hockey, or they just had outright other full-time jobs. Um, and so, you know, what I'm excited for with the PWHL isn't even so much the next two years, but 10 years from now, the, the product on the ice is going to be so much better. It'll be an established league. You hope the NHL has gotten involved, uh, you know, at that time and, uh, you know, officially affiliated, but it's, it's only good things for, for women's hockey and hockey in general. I'm a, I'm a huge, huge proponent of everyone should, I, I think hockey's, an amazing sport. I think it's by far the best sport to watch live. Um, and, you know, I, I think that this will only equal more people getting into it. Yeah, you're bringing up a lot of things that I wanted to talk oh, about, too. Perfect. So great. <laughs> um, because what I'm interested in is then how do you make it worth the while in the next few years? How do you make sure it doesn't just collapse again? Mm -hmm. And that is <clears throat> that is money, bringing in money. Yeah. Um, right now, the average uh, salary in the league is about fifty, fifty-five thousand. You can you can pay a mortgage. That. Yeah, you can you can pay your rent with that and, and live. The lowest ones are thirty-five thousand, though. So it's still not it's still not h high enough to live mm -hmm. in a lot of cities. But what else are you gonna do? Like, there's not just a lot of money suddenly. Right, right. So I looked a little bit into like because it's all owned by one group basically, mm -hmm. uh, by one guy, Mark Walter. Mm -hmm. um, I looked up his net worth just to see like how long could he keep doing this. Mm -hmm. He's got a net worth of six billion dollars. Yeah, and he, all right. but more interesting is that he said that the or not him. Uh, it was actually the one of one of the guys in his team basically. His group, yeah. Yeah. They said, we're in it for the long haul. We're not doing it for short term. We're not doing it for long term. We're doing it to be permanent. Yeah. And it's a 10-year business plan. So, like you said, it's interesting to see how they are doing in 10 years, not next year. Um, right. And they also said, if we can't get it done in 10 years, the plan is just going to be longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that, that feels like a very necessary thing to have. 100%. Because if you have people in there that want to make money after five years and they don't, there you go. That's that's it. Right. But now you just have someone that says, I know we're not going to be, be able to make money in the first right. years. That's not what we're trying to do right now. It's an investment in the future. And, and see, to me, as someone who, and I will openly admit, I, I'm not I'm not ultra educated on, on the the logistics of the, the past pro leagues. But like what you're describing, like that, that's almost kind of, you know, what it sounds like the ones were in the past. Well, we have the better league. We'll, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to make this work and we'll get some players in here. This feels like they're like, no, we're, we're, we're here to be the PWHL forever. 
the you know the NHL celebrates hundred year anniversaries. We want to do the same thing, and you know it, it does. It, it feels like there's a long term commitment. It feels like the players understand that that it's you know it's about building and growing every single night and continuing to put fans in seats. Um, and and again, the NHL had said in the past, we're not picking sides. We are not getting involved until until there's a unified league because we are not going to be, you know, the bad guy that picked to support this league and not this league. Um, and so I do think eventually the NHL will get involved. There will be an official affiliation there, you know, money, revenue sharing and stuff like that. And I think it's going to be great for the women's game. Um, but it, it is still just going to be a long road to get there. They're still only at six teams. Um, you know, we've talked to Nicole Hensley this year among uh, some other folks and they've said, we hope we can expand and, and things like that. So, um, like I said, I, I think this first year from, from where I've sat and the people I've chatted with, I think it's gone as good as you can hope. Um, and, and, and as long as you have that ownership group that's committed, I think it's going to keep getting better. Yeah. And I think also, um, in order for it to grow, it also kind of depends on people like us in the media to mm-hmm. keep talking about this. Yeah. Like you said, you interviewed Nicole Hensley. Mm-hmm. Uh, you interviewed some more yeah, women so we've players. we've got a couple more coming, yeah. Exactly. You interviewed some more people uh, at the All-Star game. Yep. Um, but also, you got Romy Dean as a guest in this yeah. in this podcast today. I think it's very good to keep, like, to, to bring, like, to lift the voices of the women in sports because mm-hmm. they're so important and they're mm-hmm. still underrepresented. So that's also why I wanted to bring this up today, yeah. the PWHL, because it's it's important. It's a good time. No, it's it's definitely important. And, and to your point, I, I was talking about it earlier from like the scope of it's important for hockey, but you you are correct. It's important uh, for sports, and it's important for uh, people like Romy Bean, who is our guest today. Um, this was an absolute blast. Uh, I didn't intend on keeping her here as long as we did, uh, but I, I she's just such an amazing person to chat with. Uh, I've gotten to know Romy Bean a bit over the last few years, um, working, you know, in this crazy industry and, and we got to both cover the avalanche cup run together. And, uh, it's always a treat for me when I get to go on her show. So it was an extra, extra special treat for me, uh, to have her come in here and, and, and kind of be able to return the favor and host her here, uh, in our studio. But as Jay was kind of alluding to, she has some unbelievable stories, uh, including some great ones about, um, you know, being a, a, a woman trying to crack into sports and how she had to shift her mentality um, to looking at herself as a person working in sports. And, and just had a blast chatting with her. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, Romy Bean, lead sports anchor for CBS Colorado. Hope you guys enjoy. Uh, all right, my next guest, you might know her as Denver's first lead sports anchor, or you might know her as the first person to ever wear an inflatable T-Rex costume uh, on an NFL sideline. My good friend, Romy Bean. Romy, thank you so much. You, you said it. I'm going to steal your line. It's take your friends to work week. I know. This has been the best week ever. I was lucky enough to have you on my show earlier in the week. Yeah. Just spitting that Avs knowledge that you know so well. And now I'm happy to be here. And honestly, I think the dinosaur is the my biggest accomplishment more so than the first lead woman main sports anchor. I, I didn't uh, I say have it be, correctly. I have to be 100%, <laughs> I have to be 100% honest with you. I knew about the T-Rex thing before I knew you personally and it wasn't until after i we had chatted a few times i think i'd even gone on your show mm-hmm. 
and you said something about it like oh yeah the t-rex that was that was me and i was like are you like that, <laughs> i was like starstruck at that you were the t-rex it was the it was, there was like a moment in time where like everybody knew it was me. And then it's like <laughs> a lot of time has passed and there's yeah. a lot of people that don't know. And every Halloween I post about it and people are like, wait, wait, that was you. And I, I was like, yes, my best moment. And I, I actually think that was how I discovered <laughs> was that I saw your post like, oh man, I'd always love to call this one back. And I was like, no way. And I, I did. I felt, I felt very happy that I knew you. I knew the T-Rex. Yeah. It was really exciting. Dino was my best moment. Yeah. No, that's... Uh, and we're going to talk more about it. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Um, getting to know you, you have a an amazing passion for sports. I've listened to a lot of the stuff you've done here, getting ready for this interview, and obviously just getting to, to know you. Where? Um, actually, I'm sorry. I I almost messed up my own my own flow here. I start every interview with the same question. Oh, I love it. Toilet paper over or under? Ooh. Hang on. You got to think about it. I got to yeah. think about this, and I feel like I know the answer. <laughs> and I'm trying to think. Um, I actually just broke the toilet paper like holder yeah, in yeah, my yeah. bathroom. So I've been like, instead of fixing <laughs> it, it I just like take it every day. Like, yeah, yeah. so that's yeah. TMI. No, but hey, um, everyone does it. I think I'm an under. You're an under. Ooh. So you, Am I? Does it like roll off the top or do you have to pull from the bottom? No, it rolls off the top because okay, I go like right, this. All right. So you're an over. I'm an over. I'm an over. <laughs> All right, wow. that was close. I got to get that toilet paper thing fixed now that you're saying this because I'm going like this with the roll, yeah. which is an over motion, Which actually. is an over motion. So, yes. so, yeah, so you're good either way. So, if I said under, I'm out. You're not out, but it's just, I would have, you know, I would have had to adjust, you know, a little bit of what I think. So, whew, thank goodness. Crisis uh, averted. Uh, <laughs> you have a great passion for sports. Yeah. Where did that come from? Where, where did your love for, for sports and all that start uh, I feel like two places. I grew up, I have four older brothers, so um, there was kind of no hope for me. And I was just like a huge tomboy. Like, I just wanted to play, you know, in the street with the guys. Yeah. I didn't want to do girly things. My mom would like, every, every time she like buy me pants, I'd be like, they're too tight. So I had like Jinko jeans, you know, because it was like, I, and I just like wanted to be with the guy. One of the funniest stories actually is I was, I was like very young at the time. I was like five. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were like out with the neighborhood kids and it was just me and all the neighborhood boys um playing shirts for skins my mom walks outside and roll me with skins <laughs> how old were you i was like five. Oh, yeah. so, right, so, right. It's, so it's okay but it's still she was like get in the yeah, house yeah i was gonna say that's like a uh got a teaching habits type right. of thing gotta gotta like learn that but like yeah. i you know if the guys were playing yeah. i was in if they said your skins i said okay yeah, cool. you know? yeah. i think everyone is young enough that it wasn't weird yeah no no when when you when i that was why i double checked five yeah, yeah that's right but I, but so I grew up and I just always just wanted to, you know, kind of be like my brothers and play sports. Mm-hmm. And then um, when my family's from South Africa, when we yep. moved here, yep. um, my dad, I always say like his two biggest sports was like golf and he played rugby as well in oh, South wow. Africa. So um, when he, when he was a young buck, but he was a better <laughs> golfer, but um, you know, golf's one of those things that takes time, takes totally. patience. I never seem to like, you know, have that, but rugby, <laughs> um, the, the easiest tran- transition, translation, yeah. whatever, um, was American was football. football. Yeah. And so when I was really young, my dad started taking me to Broncos games nice. and I just fell in love with like football is like my first love. I fell in love with football. Um, and I fell in love with the Broncos cause it was like the thing we did as a family, yeah. Yeah. you know, and we felt like, um, a long time ago, my dad was like, yeah, it made me feel like American, right? When totally. you're an immigrant and you got a green card and you're trying starting yeah. from scratch. So there's kind of this deep connection to sports. And like, that's what I love about sports is that it, it brings people together totally. from all walks of life and you yes. never know 
what everyone's story is, but everyone's got yep. a great story of yeah. why they love sports. Well, and, and what's so fun about me, the last half dozen years, and mm -hmm. it's been crazy times and all, you know, a lot of polarizing opinions and different people in different groups and stuff like that. When you go to a sporting event, mm -hmm. an, an Avs game, a Broncos game, whatever, there's a bunch of people there and none of that oh, other yeah? stuff matters. It's it's about like what teams are you rooting for and people still get crazy with all that. No. But um, no, I'm totally with you. It's one of my favorite things about sports is that it is this great unifying right. event. And you see it like in times of tragedy, right? Where totally. it can, can bring people together. And yeah. so it's, it's that beautiful underlying kind of storyline of sports. Yeah. Well, it's also one of the reasons why I hate when people say it's just a game. It's like, yeah, technically like at its core, but like there's, there's so much more to it than it's just, just a, a game. game. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, what it means to people. For a second there, I thought you were going to say that you got into rugby as, oh. as a kid. Uh, you moved here pretty young from mm -hmm. South Africa, right? Yeah, we moved here. I was just two. But oh, okay. my parents yeah. were born and raised there. So I just felt <laughs> like I grew up in a very culturally rich home. Totally. You know, yeah. Uh, which I felt very, very lucky about. Yeah. See, so my, fa my family moved to Colorado, not from a different country, but also when I was two. So I've always kind of considered myself because I don't have memories of living. Right. What do people, what do you say when people ask you if you're a native? I, I usually say, we moved here and I was two, so I consider myself to be yes. I say for the most part. Yeah. Cause, I say pretty much. Because, like, we, my family's from New Mexico, and, like, we would take trips back there. So I remember right. stuff about New Mexico from the trips, but I do not remember living there. So. Right. I know. I'm, like, pretty much. Cause, and then they're, like... Cause, and sometimes I just say yes, because otherwise it's like, it's like a weird thing. They're like, oh, where are you from? Like South Africa. And they're like, oh. I, feels like a, I'm like, I'm not trying to like flex here. Like, it's <laughs> right. just, you know? I was going to say that does seem like a conversation yeah. starter. Like, yeah. 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 Like when you say that, I'm sure Get, people gets the people on. going, you know? Um, you were Broncos cheerleader. Yes. Uh, so I, I, I actually just listened to uh, an interview that you did during, what is it called? Radio Row, Super Bowl week. Oh. You said that you got, you, you decided to do that. Because you, you found that as the closest way to get, or the best way to get as close as possible to the action. Yeah, so it's so interesting, like, with being a Broncos cheerleader, it's such mm. an incredible group of women. And they oh, always sure. say that, yeah. like, everybody's super type A because this is, <laughs> everybody is either, was either a full-time student or has a full-time job because yeah. it's, you get paid maybe part-time money, you know. Yeah, um, I've always wondered if you got paid at all or if it was just like the perk stuff. I think every team's different. The Broncos yeah. take care of of the women, but yeah. it's still, you can't live off of it. It's not totally. a full-time job totally. um, by any means. But the hours you put in are often more than part-time hours, but you do it, it's like, uh, uh, because you love it in a lot of ways and because of the opportunities. Like, I got yeah. into media because of Broncos cheerleading. And so... I mean, that's priceless. That's truly totally, priceless, totally. right? And so, um, you know, every team's different, but the Broncos take care uh, of the women. But I, so when I, I was in high school, I used to be able to be 18 to try out, which is like bonkers. What is it now? Think about 21. Yeah, that, that seems which more Which just makes so much yeah. more sense. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I made it straight out of high school. Did and, you really? Yeah. Wow. And I have no regrets about it, but I think when they changed the age to 21, I was like, that's such a better... You're just a little more sure of who you are. I was like living in the dorms, yeah. right? And I had my whole cheerleading uniform like in my tiny little dorm closet. Um, and then I'd be was drive. I didn't ever feel like I really had like a full college life. Yeah, you know, I had a different you were college constantly... experience because I was going up and down. Yeah. And at 18, being told, you know, you need to behave like a 25 year old woman. Totally. What the heck does that mean, right? Yeah. And you're almost under a bigger microscope. And so, uh, but for me, you know, it was one of those things that helped me grow up. I think a little bit quicker. Yeah. And it really, um, I, I wouldn't change it for the world, but I, 
so CU dance team tryout was like the week after. And okay. I didn't really think I was going to make Broncos. But I was like, yeah, hey, what the heck? It's great. Like, right, it's let fun. me try out and yeah. it'll be a good experience for CU tryouts. Totally. And I think that's probably part of the reason that I made it is because I was like not expecting to. So I didn't take it that seriously. Right, right. Right. Um, but we always say like everybody makes it for different reasons. Um, yeah. Some girls are just the upper echelon of dancers. You know, I was, I was, I was a good dancer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you Dance know, Creek. I was, I was like a, I'd like to say like a third or a fourth liner on the team, okay. right? If, there, okay. if there's four lines, okay. I yep. was a third or fourth liner, right? You yep. know, uh, you know, I was one of the but bottom, bottom it, six, but to make it at 18, I can't imagine there was a lot of other people you're eight or, or were there a lot of 18 year olds on the a, team at there that was, time? Um, a few, there was a lot of like 19, 20 year olds. Okay. There was yeah. a ton of 18 year olds cause they didn't love to take people like straight out of high school usually. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like long story short, I'm kind of dragging on. Is no, no, sorry, I distracted I know. <laughs> like, so I was actually, somebody actually told me one of the reasons that I made it was because of um, my interview process. Oh, wow. Which okay. Which is funny because like I always, I hadn't thought about getting in media at that point. I was oh, on the yes. speech and debate team in high school. Ooh, um, yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. So it was like- Never afraid of public speaking. You know, so that was like kind of the asset for me where they're like, wow, she really holds herself yeah. um, more maturely. But for me, I was like, man, I want to be on the sidelines at Broncos games, yeah. which is actually such a small part of what you do <laughs> yeah. in the big picture um, because it's eight, 10, well, 10 games with preseason there, you know? Yeah. Um, but that was like my impetus for wanting to try out. Right. It was like, I was like, I want, I want to get as close to the action as I can because I can't actually play the game. Right, right. Right. And so for me, <laughs> I think that, could play. that was like the prize. Yeah. Well, to- so and it, was that something that you thought about like while you were in high school of like that's I'm going to try to do that or was it kind of like a in the moment this would be an awesome way to get on the field kind of well, thing? Well like in high school so we would be on the sidelines for like basketball yep. and football games yep. and I just loved it so much and as I was graduating I was like I want to keep doing this right mm-hmm. so the natural transition would be to go to co- college dance team which yep. I was going to do I, way, again yeah. I didn't expect to just make it straight into <laughs> NFL cheerleading, but I did, and yeah. you know, life works out. It's it, it all kind it of all, foiled from there works. in many ways. Yeah. So literally, the next thing I was going to ask you is how you transitioned from that into media, but it it was with the <clears throat> excuse me, with the experience with Broncos cheerleaders that kind of yeah made like, you think this would be cool. Well, we so we got there would be. Um, like there was a lot of kind of like television radio opportunities. They were small. Um, But every time I did it, I was like, like lit up a fire inside me. Mm -hmm. But I got Mm -hmm. into business school and I was like, oh, this is a good school. Yeah. Business school. Um, I'm going to be a safe and do something. Right. And whatever I can do, I can get a job because on my degree, it says I went to business school. (laughs) Right. Um, So I never thought of like switching over to journalism or anything. Yeah. Um, And then I actually, I did Broncos cheerleader in two stints. So I did it for five years. I took five years off, and then I did it for two more years. Wow. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So, like, my experience spanned almost a, a, de- a decade. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, of I was on it for seven years, but in two stints. And so what happened was when I came back, I, moved, I had moved to L.A., and then I came back, and after, like, five, five years away from the team, I tried out again. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women had taken time off, one or two years, um, and then they come back, but nobody's taking like five years off because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just a long time. Totally. Um, and so I tried it out again and I made it again and I did a radio interview, uh, with Andy Lindall, Lind, Lindall, <laughs> Lindall, um, who was really like my first mentor. Um, and, and 
in essence, it was really just about that experience yeah. of of being away and then coming back. Being away or, and coming back. I, and, I also would like to point out that you said third or fourth liner. I don't know of a lot of people that could take five years away and then come back and make the team. I, you may be selling yourself a little bit short. I didn't That's impressive. upgrade lines. I did still stay <laughs> the third or fourth line. Um, but no, I mean, I had to like train again. Yeah, and I started yeah. going back to like ballet class and all that stuff. Um, and to, to make it again. And so it was, um, I wasn't sure if I was going to, I kind of, you know, put your pride mm-hmm. on the line there. But from there, Andy was like, you know, you kind of have a knack for this. And I was like, I feel like deep down, I've always wanted to do this, totally. but I've never pursued it. Yep. I don't know how. And now I'm like 27 ish. Like it, it's too late. Sense. Yeah. Right? Right, right. Um, and he kind of gave me my first opportunity in terms of literally just going and watching his show and learning the ropes and all Amazing. of that, this, that, and the other. Um, and eventually, like a board op position came available, which mm-hmm. is like ground level. I think people that's, probably that's do where that. I started, yeah. Right in college, even. Yes, right. Yeah. Uh, and I was like 27 at the time, and I was like, "Do I want to do this?" And so mm-hmm. um, I took it, and I had to move out of my apartment because I couldn't afford my rent. Yep. You know, because it's entry entry level. I moved back in with my parents, um, and I'm so grateful to have such supportive parents. Yeah. That they're like, "Hey, if you want to pursue this dream, it took you a long time to figure out what you want to do, but." <laughs> You know, um, and, and that's where it started and it evolved into eventually a producer role and a part, part-time speaking role, if you will, a little bit of speaking. And um, then oh, the now general manager at CBS, he was the news director at the time, reached out and was like, wow. hey, have you ever done TV? And I was like, no, but I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, yeah but um, I will take so, it, yeah. And so everything I've done in this business, um, I've learned by doing. You know, yeah. I, and I yep. I thought I knew way. and I knew so little. And like with television, I, I mean, I didn't even know. We call them Vosots, right? That's when you're mm-hmm. talking over video and then you toss to a soundbite. I didn't know what that was. Literally didn't yeah, know what that was. Like the verbiage and stuff. And yeah. I mean, I had such great support of photographers and editors that were like, okay. Well, and Romy, like what's, what I love about your story there is it's similar to mine where like I, it was, I always felt like this was something I wanted to do yeah. that I could I would maybe be good at. Yeah. I would have fun doing, but yeah, I never, I never really like seriously considered it. Cause it seems like, I don't want to say like a pipe dream, but like it, it seems like, how do you even do that? Right. How do you even get into that? And I actually did the same thing. I'm, I'm being, that's, I had to move back in with my parents cause that's I awesome. started working as a board op yeah. and, and yeah, same thing. I was very grateful that they were willing to support me in that and I got a wife who you know is very supportive of that stuff now too and she also makes great chocolate great chip cookies oh, glad you liked it she's actually she's making more right so now shout out speak. yeah shout out Hannah Hannah uh, <clears throat> but no it's it it is crazy I feel like that is a bit of a theme where mm-hmm. this job seems like something that well I could never actually do that right but you want to and, right and it's hard to find the right path it really is and I think it's so interesting because I feel like something that I struggled with for a really long time is like that imposter syndrome. Like I didn't yes. go to journalism yes. school. I'm not classically trained. I don't really know what the hell I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I don't have that like TV voice, whatever that is. I yeah. don't have that. Yeah. I just, which is also the beauty of sports. You kind of just talk like you're like you're talking a person, a yeah. person to <laughs> friends. Um, but for like the longest time. So trying to establish yourself in a business and, and then, you know, also for me in a male dominated business totally. as well. Yes. And, I, but then it's one of those interesting things that I think so many people deal with that. And so many people mm. get into this business in such quirky, different ways. Yeah. There's actually yeah. so few people, not necessarily so few, but that take that traditional, I, I, I went to journalism yeah. school, I interned here, I went through all these small markets. Yep. Those people still exist, but that's because they know what they want to do. I think yeah. there's more people like us yes. who have 
stumbled into it in a way or stumbled mm-hmm. into an opportunity and then worked our asses off yeah. to make the most of said opportunity. Right. But I think there's more people like us than not. I, I definitely meet fewer people that, you know, did the, oh, I, you know, I went to this J school and then I did this. And I, like you said, I, I, I meet those people. Yeah. They definitely exist in the industry, but way less the imposter syndrome thing. As, as I just said, there's fewer of them. There were a couple times early in, in my career, which I'm still early in my career, but like really young, where I'd be in those conversations. Mm-hmm. Oh, I went to Mizzou for J school. Oh, I did this. Right. I went to this journalism school. Jesse, where did you go? And there was like, <clears throat> it's the first time in my life where I ever felt like, and I feel silly saying this now looking back on it because I am very confident in how I got here, but like, mm-hmm. I, I felt like embarrassed even. Like, yeah. oh, I didn't, I, I actually didn't do that. I, yeah, you know. Looking back on it, like you said, no, I got an opportunity and I worked just as hard as everyone else, right. just not going the same route. And it, it took me a long time to feel like, no, no, I belong here. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I work just as hard as all these right. people. And, and it's, it's hard to convince yourself of that. Yeah. And I think for me, like I struggled a lot with starting so like late that mm-hmm. it was just like, you know, even sometimes I look around and people my age are, oh, well, that's the age that you're on the national scale, right? And it's like, okay, well, I took a different path. Right, and, right. But, you know, I, I guess that's true in any walk of life. But sometimes it's hard to be like, no, like where I'm at is, is great, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, and where I'm supposed to be, you know, right now. And and I, and maybe, maybe just because I'm in a similar, but like I do tend to believe where it's like, no, you, you'll end up in a better place. You'll mm-hmm. end up where you're supposed to be by doing it the right way and and doing it at the pace that's right for you instead of what everyone else tells yeah. you. So now you've made it, you're established. What's what's the number one moment that you've been there for, that you've gotten to be there for in this awesome job? Oh, man. Um, well, there's two. Um, the being on the ice when the Avs won the mm-hmm. cup. Yeah. Um, that ice that, as Nas said, was garbage. It was garbage. So, um, but... I okay, I'll tell that and then I'll actually tell the good part about it. But we brought so my photog brought spikes for his oh, shoes yes. because he has his huge camera and then yep. he's got the backpack that we transmit TV. Um, and he's been on the ice before with that stuff, and you almost always have spikes because it's so slippery. So slick, it was so sludgy and nasty that we didn't even use spikes. I remember, I remember that being the first thought in my head was I was like, Whoa, this is not slick. At, at all. all. Oh my gosh. It was it was like mushy in parts. Um, so I always think about that. But being there on the ice, um, they always say, you know, the Stanley Cup is the hardest mm-hmm. championship to win. And it is. Yeah. Having been a cheerleader during Super Bowl 50, then awesome. watching the Nuggets last year and the Avs um, the year before, obviously not the Rockies, but watching every championship so difficult to earn, but yeah. I, there's nothing like hockey. Yeah, I, I mean, it is a battle of attrition. It is unbelievable what they go through. There's a reason why it is the hardest to, to championship win. to win. And so to see those guys, and you saw it too, they're like they're like pencils by the end, right? Yeah. I remember <laughs> yeah, yeah, Miko yeah. walked out and he had a suit coat and it was just like hanging on hanging him, right? Off. Yeah. And But to play that physical of a game every other night and to see what they go through and to see that team reach the mountaintop and then mm-hmm. be on the ice and getting to interview them and like in just these ultimate moments of, of yeah. bliss right and like I remember he's interviewing JT and then he's like oh there's my family kind of like <laughs> j- gotta go. politely push me away and I was like this is the best right, right. we camera pans and he you know but picks up his mom um yeah. that yeah. was just absolutely unreal and there's that was my number one moment. It was unbelievable. And and I know I'm I'm a little biased because I'm a, I've been a hockey guy my whole life. But I do also feel like, and maybe you can attest to this, the trophy presentation ceremony I also think is the best in the NHL yes. as opposed to because the 
the players get it first. The the, the guys who just went through the war of attrition it. get it first. And and so I'm with you. That was a and you're waiting and you're like Gabe's definitely going to give it to EJ right. And right. then he does. And yeah. then you're like shades of sacking Bork. Like it's just it yeah. it's so good. And hockey. I always think it's interesting because hockey is. Um, what the third, fourth most popular, mm-hmm. whatever yeah, sport the- in the in the states, but because of that, it's like there, it's so niche and there's such a rich like culture a cult about it, it. Yeah, um, that it's there's something that's like so special to feel like, not necessarily that you were a part of it, but that you got to bring that to to your audience and yes. then, and no witness it up there and mm-hmm. just see them at this utter bliss was amazing. And then the other great moment was watching the Nuggets. Uh, yeah. win the chip because it yeah, was at home yeah it was similar the two teams they just were like pure teams I right agree, like yes. i think pure is the best way i can describe both mm-hmm. of those teams no divas no superstars like and it's these guys that have been trying for so long and to mm-hmm. see them both um reach the mountaintop and the nuggets being the first in franchise history i can't believe i got to experience both those moments in back-to-back one, years and those both those teams had superstars that didn't behave like they were yes. you know yeah divas i know is the cliche word but, but no yeah it was ult, you know ultimate selflessness and, and all of that uh those are awesome moments yeah. I'm, I'm glad those are your moments yeah. how cool is it being on the national crew for cbs at this last super bowl oh man that was uh incredible so that was my first super bowl as, as a media member mm-hmm. um so like i said i did I was on Super Bowl Fifty as a cheerleader? Yes, which, which was is amazing, awesome. um, but obviously a very different experience. So covering it and getting to cover it, um, it was a great challenge for me too because covering it for all the CBS stations was okay. Well, we don't want just Denver just focused Bronco things, stuff, right. which is well for me that was easy to pick the Denver connections, easy ties um, in this one, easy, yeah. easy. Some of those were of national interest, right? Like Mike mm-hmm. and Kyle and Christian and Ed. Um, but finding other stories that were of interest and even some that were more like entertainment based, which was yeah. really forced me to step out of my shell because I'm like, oh wait, like I we didn't go to the availabilities at you know, like, player availability. Right. Like that wasn't my job. And I was like, this is so weird to be at a Super Bowl and almost covering some entertainment aspects. But it was so great right. um to challenge myself in that way. And then still find plenty of ways to squeeze in sports so, stuff and make it sports related. Um but to be a part of like the the biggest event in any sport. The biggest event is yeah. just it's such a gift. Like the buzz of being around anything at the Super Bowl was unbelievable. Yeah. There's people from all over the world and it's even you're just standing there on Radio Row and it is just like bustling and through Crazy, the roof yeah. and anyone and everyone's there. I mean, your dad said that watching American football in the NFL made him feel more American. Yeah. Like it's it's the ultimate it's like the pinnacle sports event in the US. That's so did you have to come up with all of your stories, all of your hits, or was there anything that they were saying like, hey, we want you to do this? Well, so my first, um, we like landed, we went straight to Caesar Sportsbook and shot um, like a gambling piece. Nice. And so, and and it was, you know, it was like really funny because how much like the world of gambling has changed. Like we were literally in the sportsbook just shooting and like shooting B-roll. And my photographer was like, can I shoot this? And they're like, yeah, no, it's fine. They just put up a sign that said filming in progress. And so we were like shooting the people in the sportsbook. Wow. Like it's just changed so much yeah. where, you know, other people could leave if they wanted to. I interviewed a couple people. They were like more than happy to talk. That's we're, crazy. Right? It used to be like, we were like, how are we going to get, you know, video for Footage. this piece? Yeah. <laughs> like it was unbelievable. And we're shooting, you know, the machines and the everything. Um, and ironically, the Nuggets game was on at the time. So it like worked out perfectly. We had some background Nuggets music or sound. Because um, you used to like not even be able to like pull your phone out. No. In that, like those types of settings. Yeah. yeah. 
it was That's like crazy. unbelievable. And so, but after that, I thought I was going to get assigned stories like all week. Yeah. Then it was like, no, do a story and go find your stories. Go find your stories. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so that was also another challenge. <laughs> but just, uh, just incredible to have that experience to feel like you're doing something uh, on a little bit of a higher level. Yeah. Was was really cool for me. And, and especially at that at that scale. Yeah. Um. All right, we've got to talk about the less fun stuff, the Christmas mm-hmm. games. Your last two Broncos Christmas games. <laughs> the Christmas. <laughs> I, I, you, you, I was going to say, PTSD <laughs> moment here. What blew my mind was that you said watching this year's game was worse than last year. And that, to me, really said something. Yes. Um, not this past Christmas, the Christmas before. Yes. Following your live tweeting of what was happening oh. to you. From what, like Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve. Through the 26th, 27th? <laughs> was... Something like that. Was insane. So what what happened? Um, the short version of it is, so I... It was when Southwest had that huge meltdown yes. and they lost yeah. everything. Um, so Christmas Eve, I'm flying out to LA for the Broncos Christmas game. I get there and my bag doesn't arrive. I'm like, oh no. And I'm waiting and waiting in the line and then they're it's like, on air talent. I'm sure you don't need anything. Oh, there. not a big deal. Yeah. You know, I just flew in sweatpants and a hat. So <laughs> we're good. And I'm like, oh gosh. And then I re- start to realize I didn't realize that everything shuts down on Christmas Eve. Like, I always thought like some things yeah. stayed open. Yeah, essential services type thing. No. Like, and so I oh, look at my phone works. and I'm like, everything's closing in like less than an hour. Yeah. Oh my God. You're talking about to like go get like to replacement go, stuff. Because I'm realizing I'm probably not going to get my bag. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I drop my stuff stuff my bag my backpack off the hotel and like the big camera of course because i'm lugging that which is why i had to check my bag everyone's like why are you checking your bag so i have to clarify the reason i have to check my bag is because when i travel for tv i have to carry the big camera and then i have to carry that we call it the backpack that transmits live tv so i don't have any room for like personal possession you have to yeah so i have to check it so i go bolting to the mall i get there and they're like the store's closing in 15 minutes i went into nordstrom rack and i grabbed a jacket a pair of pants a pair of shoes and like sort of some makeup but there wasn't makeup really <laughs> and i was like oh my gosh and i just was like please let it fit please let it fit i yeah, didn't have no time to try on no yeah. time to try on it fit thank goodness nice. um otherwise sizes good for you right yeah. i know otherwise i would have had to literally just go in my sweatpants i mm-hmm. don't know mm-hmm. i like blow dried my hair with the hotel blow dryer which like if you know for ladies this is a nightmare it's, not the same. it's like frizzes all over the place i had like the nastiest makeup like at the bottom of my work bag that's just like i was like it's been in here for five years been, oh, like this yeah. is not sanitary so i like just look like an absolute mess at the game anyway then we have the game itself which, which was i like to call the christmas day massacre <laughs> Um, we all remember Patrick Starr roasting Russell Wilson. Oh my God, I forgot <laughs> it's about that. All timer. Yeah, 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 I don't think that's what he wanted I to don't cook. Think right? That's what he wanted to cook. Um, which, by the way, at the Super Bowl, the one I didn't get starstruck, except I saw Patrick Starr in real life, nice. and I was like, "That's awesome." And that's he, awesome. he was wearing like Patrick Starr colored shoes. That's crazy. and I was like, and he's like a big guy. Is he really? Oh yeah, he's probably like six two, six three, and I was like. <laughs> Like that, that was my biggest starstruck moment at the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, so then we have the Super Bowl or that game. Nathaniel Hockey gets fired yes. the next morning. Yes. But we get back from the game and we have a feeling he's going to get fired. Our flight gets canceled. We're like, okay. So we get up, all the flights the next day get canceled. Yep. So we get up the next day. This is the worst part. I've been wearing my contacts since Saturday. <gasps> 
Yes. And oh, there's my no goodness. Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. There's no nothing was open. No, yeah, nothing, I couldn't even find nothing. a CVS. Yeah. So I didn't have contact solution, which if you know is like this is like pure torture. Like yeah. just put <laughs> knives in my eye. I think that so you get the headache, the pressure headache. Totally, yeah. Ugh. I'm sure your vision was starting to get a little fuzzy. Yeah. yeah. So I finally get contact solution on the Monday, but I have the same pair of contacts. Right. So that was honestly I think the worst part. We drive to Vegas. All the flights from were canceled. LA. So we drive to Vegas. Everybody else had the same idea. Vegas to LA takes like four hours. Yeah, not bad. Uh, it took nine. Oh my goodness. It took us nine that it, hours. Oh my goodness. I did not think you were going to. I no. thought that was going to be like, that wasn't the bad part. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Nine hours on that little two lane road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Then we like finally get to Vegas and we can't get a flight out of Vegas till the next day. And I'm like, I. Vegas is the last place you want to be in when you're in a bad mood, <laughs> right. when you haven't changed your contacts, yeah. um, or your clothes. I didn't have like a change of clothes. Right, right. I didn't get socks till like Monday. Um, and and, and by, yeah, I'll say by the way, for people aren't that aren't keeping up at home, bag never showed up. Oh, bag never showed up. And again, this whole disaster, like it would have been fine if I was just going to a ball game, but I just look presentable for television. Right, right. So, <laughs> so the whole thing. My appearance was not as bad as the product on the field, actually. <laughs> we can put it that way. Eventually, I get back to the airport and um, DIA, and I'm like, I go to the Lawson and they're like, your bag's here. And I was like, oh, great. great. Can we get it? I have it. No, we scanned it in, so we have to send it to LA. When it gets to LA, we'll FedEx it back to you. Un- Seriously, yeah. to ship it back to and you? And I was like, aren't you just, one, wasting a tremendous amount of money here? Right, a, right, right. B, what? Yeah. Yeah, what? that's insane. I'm here. Give it to me. And I was like, when's it going to get scanned through? They're like, we don't know because there's like such a back backlog of bags. And I was like, I'm never, I'm never going to get this bag back. Yeah. And I don't think I would have except Southwest tried to declare it like a weather emergency or something that it all happened. Yeah. And wh- whoever's in charge in the government, I don't know, yeah. was like, we're calling Can't baloney on you. I remember that. Yeah. Everything you lose, you have to reimburse. Yeah. Um, and so then all of a sudden, and everybody's bag. But literally, the bag, they sent it to LA, and then I, it came to my door in like a FedEx. They shipped back an entire suitcase. Like, what a waste of money. What are we doing? Yeah, especially because you were there. Yeah. Just give it to me. You have a huge backlog. Let me remove one I will, from your backlog. I'm happy to take it from yeah. you. Nope. Jeez. And so, yeah, I got the bag, like, I felt like three weeks later. Mm hmm. But the whole trip, when I tell it now, it doesn't sound as bad as when it That sounds horrific. It that was, sounds horrific. It was horrible. And I get anxiety every time I check my bag for work now. Yeah, totally. Because, I mean, you told that story in three, four minutes. That was a three, four day endeavor for you. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, doing you know more traveling now, like, I can't even imagine. That sounds horrible. Ugh. And it's um, different when you're traveling for work because it's not like, oh, forget it. I'll just wear right, what I'm wearing. Right. Yeah. When And then especially like you said, if you were just, if you were running stuff behind yeah. the scenes or whatever, but no, you got to be on to, at the, like, at, I guess it wasn't the Super Bowl, but Christmas Day, nationally televised yeah. games, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not fun. And somehow the game this year was worse. And somehow the game <laughs> this year, which is so crazy to think about. And I think because like last year that game was like that was the tipping point yeah we're just waiting for it to happen i mean that was that season was such a clown show mm-hmm. you know i don't need to the, tell the, this you. year you were waiting for it to get but better like this year was like you had stuff to play for yeah. and to blow it to a three-win team right like in that situation in that fashion, yeah at home i was like this this is this year you're supposed to be building towards something mm-hmm. yeah you know even if it wasn't the playoffs for this year is like 
what, what you, uh, the hell was that, was that? right? Where yeah. there was, now you have a way more put together operation. Mm -hmm. It's actually functional. It's not just like. And, and yeah, you feel like you've got a direction and direction. you found a way to and blow it. To lose that game, that one felt worse. Yeah. And you know, people like recency bias. I'm like, no, because again, the one against the Rams was embarrassing. But it was half expected. But it was like, you knew it was going to happen and it just, things finally boiled over. This one was like, Mm -hmm. the, the expectations were there. I talk about that all the time with the abs. Like yeah. when you have expectations, things are different. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I, I'm, I'm taking a lot of your time. So I got a few more. I'll kind of no, I'll move I through a little bit quicker. Um, I'm here all day. Woo. All day. Got nothing. <laughs> nowhere else to be. First lead sports anchor, female uh, sports anchor in Denver. Mm -hmm. Was that something that was ever like, that would be awesome to do. Or has it just been the path is, yeah, no, I never thought about it because uh, Michael Spencer, who was the main sports anchor mm -hmm. um, at CBS when I was the weekend sports anchor, was I never thought Michael was going to leave, you mm -hmm. know, and, and he never really had a, a vision to leave Colorado necessarily. Yeah. Um, but then he they put him on the on the track to move up to um, the main news anchor, which mm. um, which is funny because like I could never imagine being in news. Um, no, 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 you know, no. I me either. I'm too goofy and weird. And uh, but he so he started kind of he was, you know, he wasn't like the sure fit or whatever, but mm -hmm. they were definitely hoping that maybe he could step into that role. And he's just been absolutely excellent. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and so and so when that when they start when they moved him, it was like, oh, 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 like I had <laughs> I had I had thought like. Yeah, I just never thought about that as a, as a reality. Like, yeah. I just thought Michael and I were going to be a team for, you know, however long. For yeah. however long. Um and so when the opportunity came about, um I was I was really excited about it. I was like nervous about it, you know. Mm -hmm. Um it was one of those things where I felt like I had start to started to establish myself in the community. Totally, yes. Um and so for me, I was like, well, you know, I don't think people would see it differently, but like uh -huh. my news director made a great point. She's like, we got, you know, we're going to find out if Denver's ready or not. Yeah. You know, which, yeah. is, which is a fair thing because there never had been one, which is like crazy. It's like in 2023, <laughs> you know, but first, but most certainly not the last. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so paving the way. Yeah. And the way that you just see the Denver sports community was, you know, all about it, you mm -hmm. know, because of the work that I had put in and what they had followed to that point was probably the most gratifying piece. Well, well and what I was going to say, and I hope this doesn't come off wrong, but like, I, I think you were great. I'm with you. Like, it's weird that that was the, the first yeah. but like I think your personality and the way that you kind of endear yourself to people and you really do seem to have like the eh, you know whatever doesn't bother me yeah. you know I'm here to do take care of what I'm here to mm -hmm. take care of and like I think you were a great person to have be the, the the first thank you again as much as it shouldn't have been the first yeah I think you were a, a great person for that and someone that I think a lot of people can really look to and be like I can do that thank you I can do that and so I think it's I, I was just having known you a bit and gotten to know you a bit, I was so excited when all of that happened because I was like, yes, that that makes perfect sense. That's awesome. That means a lot. Thank well, you so much. And yeah. it means a lot coming from people that have worked around and worked with, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I always thought, like, the thing was, um, I've told the story before, but uh, Amy Trask, who was, used to be, like, Al, Al Davis's right-hand woman, mm -hmm. when women were not in front offices in the NFL, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, she'd go to owner's meetings when it was just her and... The old boys club, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and she'd go with Al, but she talked about, she wrote a book and one thing I interviewed her in my early days in the radio. Um, and I asked her like, you know, how, how do you, how did you deal with, 
mm-hmm. being a woman, especially at that time. Um, and she said, you know, anytime I walked into a room, she's like, I was there to do my job. And if you were going to waste your energy on my gender, that's your problem. I'm going to use my energy doing the best job I can. And it was like the light bulb, light changing moment. I remember you saying that. Where it was like, oh my gosh. And so I think, I think a lot of women in this business struggle with the, you know, where, you know, it's, you go through like phases almost, you yeah. know, and you struggle with, you go through the part of like fighting and fighting to prove yourself a lot of it, like right. part of it because you're a woman. But I think when you start to really elevate and break through is when, when you just are here to do your job yes. and it's like, yeah. I, I just am here to be a sports reporter, anchor, whatever, right. that sports person, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and as soon as I kind of released that and just started trying to do the best job I yes. could, yeah. that's when everything changed, you know? Because yeah. I think that there are a lot of women that you go into everything being like, oh, it's because I'm a woman. And it can hinder you if, you know, you don't look at it the right way. And so I felt so empowered by that, which is why I always love to share that story because I hope that I look at a lot of other successful women, right? The Aaron Andrews or Taylor Rooks or all of those people. And they just, you can see how they just handle their job as a professional. Yeah. Not as a professional woman, just as a professional. Right. And I feel like that's always the goal. Uh, how how hard was that for you to change your mindset to not trying to be, you know, the first or, you know, whatever, but mm-hmm. just saying I'm here just like everyone else. Was it Was that difficult to do or did you find it like freeing? Well, I felt like for me it was almost felt extra challenging because mm. I was coming off the heels of being a Broncos cheerleader. So yes. there's the stereotypes that go with it, right? And there's the, oh, she just wants to be a, you know, it's just a cheerleader who wants to be on TV, right? <laughs> and and people don't think you're smart. And all of these things yeah. are so true. And of course, you're dancing in not a lot of clothes, <laughs> right? Uh, on Sundays and people see that and yeah. you post those pictures. And so people have this perception like you're a little bit of a ditz who, oh, she probably just wants to be on TV talking about sports or she wants to be in the locker room yeah. and she's a jersey chaser, right? All that. So I really felt that pressure a lot um and and to and it was one of those things that was really hard because i felt like i had to almost hide away from like this yeah who i was totally and cover that, all that up cover all that up and it felt like i was being um like almost disloyal to myself mm-hmm. because that's again that's how i got here that's how i got yeah. this opportunity that's how you know andy lindall noticed me and then started mentoring me right, right. it was like i wouldn't be here if it wasn't because of that but if, i had to not, yeah. kind of stop posting pictures and you know, i was kind of advised to like mm-hmm. kind of not talk about that that much and that was really hard for me yeah. um but you know i was like all right you know trying to establish myself as if that will help i guess establish right. myself um and so in many ways though it's come so full circle where i can talk about it now or i'll post throwback pictures and i'm so proud and i don't have to the comments have changed there was a lot of comments when i first started right oh yeah. you're just a cheerleader oh i know why you got this job blah, like over and over and over again yep. um and so to see the difference in responses now is really gratifying and that goes back to people thinking it's cool now that that was what you did and right. not like this detractor and a lot of people being like i didn't know that you did that that's mm-hmm. so cool right and so kind of the evolution is it's such a full circle moment every time that happens but um jeff legwald who works for espn who was one of my early mentors as well his advice to me very early on he said put the work in because if you do the work Mm -hmm. people can't mess with you yeah so i was like okay so you know that that was my biggest thing is just trying to do the work do the best that i could and the hard thing too was like on tv usually you're messing up 
in you know these small markets, a uh, hundred market, a top eighty market, not a yeah. top twenty market that you're making all these mistakes on, and people are like, look at this bimbo, why is she on TV? <laughs> um, and so there was so bimbo. much pressure, I think, to prove that. I deserve to be here along yeah. with the imposter syndrome like we talked yes, about and, yeah. and not going to journalism school. So all of those things were really, really challenging. And then being a female and feeling like um, trying to prove that I, I, I belong in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, when I did have that conversation with Amy Trask, that was such a freeing moment because it was the first time where I was like, I'm almost feel like I'm holding myself back a little bit. Like I wow. yeah. being like, you know, oh, am I treated differently because I'm a woman? Like going into places thinking like that, yes, yeah. that was actually holding me back, right? Right. You, um, you were like more guarded. You were yeah, expecting it. Right. Yeah. Or like expecting, you know, if somebody was kind of crappy to me, like, oh, it's because I'm a woman. Like mm-hmm. maybe that's- Maybe guarded's not maybe the right Maybe that's word, yes. not why, Romy, you know? Um, and so, and I think that it's like a hard thing, um, you know, a lot of females have to, you have to like find, you have to find that place of, of confidence. And when- I had, again, that conversation with Amy Trask. It was like, oh, oh, Mm -hmm, I just mm got to go in and do my job. Yeah. And yeah, if somebody's not going to like me because I'm a woman, that's their problem. That's their problem. They don't like me because the work's not good. That's my problem. And so it was such such a life-changing moment. And it luckily happened pretty early on in my career. And it became, for me, I feel like so proud to be... The first, you know, female lead sports anchor, more as someone who, um, you know, is a tiny cog in this long wheel of accomplishments that women will make yeah. a- along the way, right? Yep. And to be the first but not the last, right? Yes. Um, but I think a big reason that I was able to get there was because I stopped thinking of myself as a woman in sports and just a person, person in, sports. in sports. And that doesn't fit for everybody, right? right I, right, I think right. that everybody, but for me, that was where I felt like I could just be that. You know, tomboy girl that was playing shirts and skins yeah, yeah, yeah. in the street, well, right? Who, who loves sports and her passion for sports and is not hindered by gender, this, that, or the other. Well, and, and it's so funny because, again, I, I believe you and I have had at least a part of that mm-hmm. conversation before. But when you were telling that story, my my brain did. It went back to tomboy playing shirts and skins outside with all the boys of like this mentality of I'm just here with everyone else. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I'm just like, I, I, I just find that so interesting. And, and it's... You know, Romy, it's so interesting for me to to have this conversation with with you because, like, you know, I, I coming into sports, everything we talked about earlier, the imposter syndrome stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it always felt like, yes, there's hurdles and, you know, social media is crazy. There's there's people that don't like you for all kinds of yeah. reasons, right? <laughs> yeah. Regardless, man, woman, tall, short, whatever, yeah. like, you know, there's all kinds of crazy people out there. But it is just so crazy not to sound too, like, you know, high and mighty here, but, like, I've never really... Like you were saying, oh, she's just chasing jerseys. Oh, mm-hmm. she just wants to be, you know, she just wants more airtime. Like that's stuff that like I never had to like battle through that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But coming the path that you did, I imagine that was a huge, how, how much did you, I try hard not to look at comments. Like mm-hmm. I, I try to yeah. talk with people because, you know, we, we have amazing supporters in this mm-hmm. line of work and I try to, you know, talk with people like that. But I have found for me one of the best ways mentally to deal with this job in this industry is just stay away from a lot of that did you find out was something that you had to do or or was that yeah and I think it's really it's so hard because and the truest statement is like you could get 40 comments being yes. like you're awesome and we're having this really insightful conversation and then there's that one person who doesn't even have 
you know, profile picture, right? <laughs> they got the egg avatar or whatever, yep. and they say something nasty, and like that one stands out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I, I've gotten so much better. Well, it's always nasty. And it's always personal. And it's like, always personal, yeah. right? And so it's like, um, and so I started like, I feel like I. I don't know, like there'll be times I'll go through and I'll get like wrapped up in the comments and mm-hmm. I have to like step back and be like, stop. Yes. Stop, right? Um, because you can't, you're never going to win with those people. And right. I think there's yeah. a piece of being like, no, let me reason with you and explain and whatever, whatever. And that's never going to happen. Yeah, you're never going to They've gonna decided they don't like you. Mm-hmm. They don't like you for yeah. whatever reason and it's nothing's going to change anything, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, what are, what's like the phrase, like you wrestle with pigs, you'll get mud on your face or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh, it's so, it, but early on I used to get so many comments um, just about like about the cheerleader piece and mm-hmm. about that and about, you know, and feeling like the hardest part was feeling like, no, I'm working my ass off here and you're yeah. making these comments about me like sleeping my way to the top and honestly, right. be a lot easier. <laughs> Maybe I should have done that. I wouldn't be as tired. <laughs> I wouldn't be running around <laughs> right. as crazy if I was doing everything you guys were right. saying. Right. Um, and, but then it's like, what are you trying to prove to those people? Right. You know, and you have to yes. remember to like pick the love over the hate because, yes. because you can't, you can't win with those people. Well, one of, one of my things that really has helped me with that, again, different types of comments, but just negative feedback is why am I going to let this person ruin my day? Yeah. I I don't know this person. I don't, you know, I I don't, yeah. To your point, I don't know what their face is. I don't know what their name is. This is some random person on the internet that has never met me. I've never met them. Why am I going to let them dictate my day? Well, and you know, what's so crazy is it, I felt like it kind of mellowed out for a few years um and Mm. like it was like i don't know maybe i just wasn't making waves i don't know um and then it flared up like insane this past football season with Mm -hmm. Deion sanders coming to colorado and it's a microcosm of what he deals with on an everyday basis i have never seen someone who it is is so polarizing people either love him or they hate him and the hate is so strong and the love is so strong but all of these people who you know hate him for yeah. silly reasons were basically coming after all all the beat reporters Who or whatever covering him you yeah. know and covering him and um i got after the tcu game I had some schmeagle come after me <laughs> on twitter i don't even know who this guy is but he has a band of followers Oy. basically this guy just like raking me over the coals because um i was just like i posted an emotional post i was like i'll yeah. never forget this day i'm also a cu alum so it was yep. like it was so exciting everything about it was just totally. thrilling um and all of these people started coming after me right mm-hmm. and you know have fun working at hooters and all this and just and then just like all these people just nasty like weak the same group of people like week after week like nasty and you know being like oh just keep glazing dion or whatever and i'm like this is unbelievable, and right. it was really hard because it. That's felt, crazy. Yeah, it was crazy, and then it's it again. It's just the big picture of like you look at like his comments, and the, like the people that want him to fail are like they cannot stop watching every single thing. Yeah, he does. yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Yeah. Um. But like, so that kind of became another to kind of like deal with it again, all over totally. again, and it was one of those things where I was like. I'm not going to stop posting. I do support Deion Sanders and what he's doing. Yeah. I know people feel different ways about it, but I've had the privilege of doing the show with him, and he, he's a remarkable it, yeah. person. Yeah. Um, I love what he's doing, and as someone who went to CU to see people talking about CU everywhere you go, yeah. I, I support it, and I have no problem, but like I, I had to like, it's like, 
I get crap all the time still for supporting it. And it's crazy. That's crazy it's to me. It's crazy. I would never have expected that. Yeah. I, see, I would have actually even thought the opposite. I would have never expected that you said that that led to kind of like, you know, unearthing you know negativity. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you what it was like yeah. getting to be around it. Because you got to be around him a lot yeah. this year. What what was that? I mean, he, the, the the air around him seems to be just different. Unbelievable. I've never been around someone like that. And to have the privilege of getting to do the coaches show with him yeah, was, was amazing. Um, I mean, it just, just absolutely incredible for, for so many reasons. I think personally to like get to know this guy who is just such a charismatic person. He is yeah. an icon in the black community to see what he's done there and and yeah. the way that truly CU's football audience has changed has been absolutely incredible as someone who who went to CU and we always joke um Keenan Thompson on SNL was right he's like right it's an HWCU right <laughs> so to see him making this the CU fan base so culturally diverse is like unbelievable but to get to know him as a person is like is such a gift that like mm-hmm. I'm going to be grateful for for the rest of my life and getting to see him, we would have players on the show and how he interacts with these players. Yeah. And he's a truly caring person and he asks it seems like. everything with intention. There's not, you know, he does carry a lot of flash with him, but yeah. a tremendous amount of substance. I, I pride myself on being able to read people when it's, when they're full of shit. Yeah. And I've never once gotten that sense from that. He's no. for show or he's doing any, any of it for, attention or like it, it all seems extremely genuine oh yeah totally and he's like um it's funny because i've seen him like off campus or whatever and i'm like i wonder if, like i saw him at a nuggets game and i was like i wonder if like prime will even like give me the time of the day like yeah. i didn't kind of expect it he's like hey girl we like walked down the hallway and we we're talking and awesome. he's like how are your parents um and, and he did the most amazing thing that again i got by this band of haters that i got roasted for because i posted about it um, but I, you know, he had the, he's got his bracelets, the smart, yeah. um, fast, tough, disciplined character. Yes. It's his motto. So I was like really nervous when we did our first promo shoot and I was like, look, this show, it's gonna be smart, fast, tough, disciplined character. <laughs> nice. Um, you know, and then he gave me the bracelet. He's, he's like, oh, I'm going to gift you this bracelet. And I was like, ah, oh, I got to give it to my dad. He's yeah. like, oh, so I'll give you one for your dad. So he gave it to my dad. My dad has not taken it off. Nice. He wears it all the time. It's one of those like little rubber bracelets. Yeah. So I, I showed Prime the video like the next week. Um, and my dad's had a lot of health issues the past mm. probably like four years. Yeah. Um, and so, and you can see it's visible. So, um, Dan's like, you got, you got to bring him up to the show. And I like thought he was joking. I was like, okay. And then the next week he's like, where are your parents? And I was like, oh my gosh, like you, you were serious, serious about it? Yeah. Um, and people aren't like, we're not allowed to like bring people up for the show. It's a closed mm-hmm. set. set. Um, and I, so I brought him up the next week. And I was still like nervous about it. Yeah. He walks in the door. He walks straight past the set, goes straight over them. First thing he like, um, and he's talking to them and they're having this conversation. And afterwards, my dad said, he's like, at that moment, he made me feel like the most important person in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm like getting emotional thinking about it. And it was just like such an incredible thing to do. And he did it out of the goodness of his heart. Right. Um, and he knew it would make a difference and it would mean something. And it was just like so kind and so then I posted about it, and then that band of people on Twitter were like, oh my gosh, you should be taken off the beat. You shouldn't be allowed to like report. And I'm like, why? Because I'm highlighting that this man did something so right. wonderful for right. someone. Um, but he didn't need to. Unprompted, he mm-hmm. didn't need to. And he does that all the time for so many people. Or right. like you see his relationship with Peggy, which everybody yeah. at CU just loves. <laughs> but it's like, he doesn't have to show Peggy the time right. of day, right. right? And it's he's just such a, he's a truly genuine person. Um so, That's an amazing story. I, th- I had I have to imagine that was a, a pretty 
proud parent moment for for your folks yeah. at that moment. Yeah. I mean it was it was incredible and it was incredible for me to see um the way he interacted with my parents and yeah. how they were just like I mean my dad talked about it for I told all of his friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we took a picture and he showed all of his friends. And it was just such to be able to share that moment, too. Totally. With my parents is like, again, something I'm going to treasure for the rest of my life. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so that's just like a small thing. The most amazing story was the first player guest we had on was Jimmy Horn. And like um, it was great with the players because I just tried to like tee him up and like let him go. Let him go. That's the idea. Like mm-hmm. stay out the way. And Dion starts telling the story about how he talked to Jimmy's dad after the TCU game. Jimmy's dad's in prison. He talked oh to him gosh. on the phone um, and uh, on the airplane back. And he's telling the story on air. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And, <laughs> and, he's ta- and, you know, and Jimmy's dad said, like, this is why I wanted you to play for Prime, right? Because yeah. he's done everything that he said he was going to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's been like a father to you. And, and I think Prime, when we talk about – he's not going to the NFL because being a father figure, molding this young man is really important to him. Okay. And right. you can yeah. do that in college. And, and, and so you don't think it's one of those, like, he's doing this – because that's one thing that's a, lo- that's a popular yeah. opinion. He's doing this to get to the next gig. You no, don't think it's like that? I don't that? think so. The NFL is like not for him, right? There's so much more leeway in college to recruit. I mean, to recruit all of this stuff, right? You you can't do the recruiting in in the NFL, right? Right. right? I always joke. People are like, well, you know, he says he's not hard to find. I was like, you know, it is the salary cap. <laughs> yeah, okay. So it's just not the same thing, right? Yeah. And, and can you imagine like? I mean, we would love it, but like prime at the podium um, every week when coaches talk on oh Wednesday, like, no, the NFL, that's, I, I don't think they want that either. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. But I think that honestly, like helping young men grow into um, the next phase of their life and to yeah. be stand up men is important to him. And you can do that so much more mm-hmm. in, in college, college, you know, and who knows, right? Maybe it could be a position coach or something one day, but it, it wouldn't be, the, I don't think he would get as much i i feel like when he's done with college he'll retire interesting you okay. know whenever yeah. whenever, that, whenever is. that is but, but well you know. that, that's that's good to, and i like that like i like that yeah. he's in that kind of developing people i i, I love developing and seeing right. people grow and do their next thing well even think of like the access right that like his kids get on youtube like yeah. you, you're not doing that in nfl practices no no you know no, no. It, it's yeah. it's totally what, different and what you said there about like i don't know if the nf not that the nfl wouldn't want Deion sanders right. but like that everything that comes that he again that he does as part of his right. brand and all that 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 may be hard it just feels so much more suited to college totally. right and he's lit the college football world on fire and mm-hmm. it's so fun to be at the center of it oh, you know I'm sure I would say the other piece of that, too, and then I'll wrap this up, is like professionally getting to do that show has been incredible for me because I've never met someone who fills a room like that. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I'm you sure. You know, I'm like sure. Deion Sanders. It's yeah. almost He almost sucks the air out in a way, you know, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it's just, he, like you said, he's got this aura around him. So yeah. for me, going into this show, to not shrink in that presence. I was going to say, it's got to be hard to sit opposite It was really that. hard, but to not be like... Someone I'm not, and right. you know, because I felt trying like trying to match him. I could tell, like we from when we started, he was kind of like, "You gotta, you gotta earn my trust and respect." Mm-hmm. And I could feel that relationship growing week to week. Nice. Um, awesome. So professionally, it's been such an incredible experience for me as well, because you know we interview all sorts of guys, but yeah. no one like him. No there, one, there's like no him. one, and no one carries that air uh-uh. um, like him. Of anyone I've interviewed 
since I've started this since, job. Yeah. I mean, you and I have talked about that sometimes. Like there are certain players. It's like, ooh, that's, you know, that's a, t- you know, that's a tough right. player to talk to. Ooh, yeah, that's a cool guy that you get to. Yeah. But I, I, and having never been able to sit down with Dion, I, I would imagine that he is unique in terms of, yeah, it's not that he's intimidating. It's not that he's this, but like you said, the way he fills a room yeah. is, just, that's he, he's kind of like a figure yeah more than, yeah yeah um do you do you have a roadmap what's next or are you just going at this the way you, you've kind of spent the last you know that's such a good question Justin, because yeah. i feel like i struggle with that a lot right now i'm at a mm-hmm. weird place where i'm like um you know I don't know. I feel like this whole career has evolved in a way that I never expected. Yeah. And I never was like, I want to do that job, you know, mm-hmm. um, or this or that. And but it has come into that. And so it's like I would love to continue growing and challenging myself. And I mean, it would be great to, you know, take another step and go to a higher level. And mm-hmm. sure, we I think we all have those like national dreams. Right. Totally. But I don't know, one, how to pursue them. And two, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what that looks like. Like, you know, right. some people have such a clear picture. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what what next looks like. Totally. And then I'm also yeah. trying to remember to like what I'm doing right now is so great. And we're so yeah. lucky here in yes. Colorado. Like we've got the abs and the nuggets and even when they're terrible, the Broncos are entertaining. And mm-hmm. we've got Deion Sanders in Boulder. Like, this is such a time totally. that I, I don't ever want to regret. Oh, I was always trying to think about what's Don't want to wish next. it away. And yeah. wish when we live in such an amazing time. And I hear a lot of people being like, wow, it must be cool covering sports in Denver. Yeah, it's great, it man. <laughs> There's so many great teams. And it's a great and it's a great fan base. And so, I don't know. I, I wish I, like, but I, like, wish I knew. I struggle with that, mm-hmm. right? The living mm-hmm. in the present and also being like, yeah what do i want to do yeah what do i want to do when i grow up yeah so if you have any answers let me know (laughs) well no i mean it's just it's it's uh, you know you we've spent this whole conversation and and really romy again not not to (laughs) here's a story about me but like i feel like there's a lot of what you've said that i feel very similar of like i don't know but i you know i've i've kind of done this so far and i've gotten here and i feel pretty good about it and so we'll keep doing the same thing see what happens next and i feel like that's kind of the same thing with you and, right. and I think there's so many different places that you can end up um you know with the stuff that you just did with CBS I think is uh, I mean amazing and I think you're so talented that you're you're gonna do great things but I love that you don't have that plan because I think people do spend a lot of time saying nope I'm gonna do this I'm gonna yeah. go do that and blah, blah and you you miss all of the stuff that you get to do yeah I, I was just telling uh Blake we went to the um the all-star game in Toronto all-star games are always kind of uh, to be at but I told him, I said, make sure at least once this weekend you stop and take in the room around you yeah. because you're going to be standing there and suddenly there's going to be Sidney Crosby and there's going to be, uh, you know, Alex Ovechkin and oh, over there, that's, oh, well, there's Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux <laughs> just walked in and, you know, but like just stop and appreciate it for a second because right. it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy and we're running around, but appreciate it because these are moments that are awesome to be a part of yes. and I just never want to wish any of that away. Right. It's so true. I feel like it's part of our society where we're just rushing, rushing, rushing mm-hmm. to the next. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that you got to, you have to stop and just like enjoy right now. Right. Right. And like you said, you're naming all those people. Oh, by the way, there's Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> right, where, right. You know, <laughs> but, but we take that for granted. Take oh, for granted. there's Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. You know, right. right? We're, we're covering two all time greats mm-hmm. right now. You didn't even mention Kale McCarr. You know, like, <laughs> how dare I? Or the forever underrated Miko because he's on right. a team with uh, right. Kale and, um, uh, Nate, but like you know what I mean. So it's right. like you gotta like. To, to your point, there, there's so many that it's. It, like, I used to be so jealous of 
Pittsburgh Penguin hockey fans right. or, you know, um, New England Patriot, yeah. you know, fans. It's like, right. oh, they yeah. get to watch this greatness every yeah. day. And now I have to remind myself, like, we're right in the middle of that right. with multiple sports. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Coming it on the heels of the Peyton Manning era. Like, it's amazing. Oh, that feels like so long ago. It's eight years. Eight years, which is crazy. Should the Broncos keep Russell Wilson? No. It's time to move on, right? It's time to move on. Like, I know it's it's a lot of money, and if you're going to be book smart or whatever, but at some point, no, because he's not the future. So just cut ties. Just move on. And also, like, can you imagine how truly awkward it would be if they actually did keep him around for another year after it's like, it's very clear Sean Payton doesn't want him. And, like, then he goes on, you know, Brandon Marshall's podcast, which was a great – podcast by the way but you know then russ kind of giving out his detail can you imagine if they had to live with each other for another year i was gonna say forget even the the, on the field stuff like i just i think it's too it's too fractured behind the scenes yeah Yeah. it's like the hard thing with the broncos is like you keep it's compounded right Mm -hmm. it's eight years of compounded so fans are pissed because it's like it's another year of failure and so it's only year two of sean payton but everybody's like okay but it's eight years well well, and it and it feels so stagnant yeah they went what was it five years in a row finishing with the exact same record or something like that like it just feels like a lot of tire spinning and we're not actually going anywhere but yeah it's it's crazy so at least we'll have all summer to talk about it i know well you know that's why you like the abs and the nuggets to go far and then you don't then you'll have a lull deep as possible yeah Yeah, remove the poor little rockets are just hanging hanging great ballpark oh what a venue. Um, Romy, I've kept you way longer than I intended, but that's because I love chatting. That was my intention. So, so perfect. Thank you so much. I know you got to get down to the studio, but I'd love for you to come back here and do this again. Oh, I'd love to. Uh, and just anytime I get to see you is always yeah. great. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was so fun like talking and, and realizing the similarities that I we know. didn't realize yeah. you know, about each other, even being born and moving here when we were two. But, <laughs> but then the work Seriously. aspect, this has been such a gift. So thank you so much. This is yeah. such a treat. Anytime. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, and I really do not to sound weird or cheesy, but I got, you're someone that I look up to. And so getting to hear that you have a, a similar, you've gone through a similar path as me is, is, uh, it makes me feel very good about, about what I'm doing and, and just grateful to know you. So thank it. you so much. This was a blast. Can't wait for the next one. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, like I said, always a pleasure having, uh, being able to chat with Romy in any capacity, uh, let alone being able to sit down and chat with her uh, for as long as we did. Very generous with her time. Cannot say thank you enough. So, so many interesting stories yeah. that we usually don't hear. Totally. So happy that you got her here. Yeah, me too. And and that's really what, what a lot of this is about. You know, we, in the media, sports media specifically, you know, she tells a story about her, her you know, her Christmas debacle. Uh, you normally only see that through whatever you, you know, whatever tweets are, are front facing. Uh, so, no, it was great to have her in here and, and just get her uh, perspective on, like I said, a, a crazy industry that um, I'm very grateful we get to work in and we get to meet people like Romy. So uh, I think I'll do it. Uh, show next week will be a little bit later in the week. I actually uh, won't be back from Nashville until Tuesday. Uh, my wife and I are a little bit early uh, celebrating our one-year wedding anniversary. Congratulations! Uh, thank you. So we're gonna we're gonna take an extra day uh, in Nashville uh, to just kind of hang out and celebrate. She's gonna meet me out there, uh, so it'll be great. So I, I I won't be back till Tuesday. So the show will be a little bit later in the week. Uh, next week, but we will definitely come back to you. I got another great guest lined up for you guys uh, for next week. So, for Jay, uh, I'm Jesse. Big thanks again uh, to Romy Bean uh, coming and hanging out with us. But 
hey, this is fun. We'll see you guys next week.